They say you remember the games you played in November. Well, if you're a USC fan, mark down the date, 11-19-22. You are Locked On Trojans, your daily podcast on the USC Trojans. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Fight on, everyone. I am your host, Mark Culkin, and thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen every day. Whether you're watching on YouTube or wherever you like to download your podcast, as a reminder, we are always free. And I do want to thank you all for coming along for the ride. Hope you're enjoying the show. If you are watching on YouTube and you haven't done so already and you see that subscribe button, click it, hit it. It means a lot. And to those of you who already have, thank you so, so much. And uh, I encourage everyone to follow me on Twitter at Mark Culkin, M-A-R-C-K-U-L-K-I-N. All right, so it hasn't been quite the one-year anniversary of the uh, Lincoln-Riley-USC marriage. Um, However, uh, it's hard to believe how much has changed in just one year, just under a year. I brought up the date, 11-19-22. Well... Saturday, this past Saturday, USC and UCLA played. And uh, that game is going to go down in, 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 in Trojan lore, especially for, uh, for a few players. One in particular we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, the, the days of USC getting beat down at home, 62 to 33, uh, it's, a, it's a distant memory. It, it's that's not going to happen again in the foreseeable future. Mark that down. Take it to the bank. Whatever cliche you want to use. Uh, look, during the week leading up to the Crosstown showdown, Lincoln Riley said, quote, what this team has done, you look across history, stuff like this doesn't happen very often, end quote. And Coach was right for a couple of reasons. One, rarely is USC ever a bottom dweller. So to, to go from 4-8 to a possible playoff appearance, it is unheard of. I mean, well, you know, playoffs haven't been around that long, but to go from 4-8 to 10-1 and and you still have one more regular season game left as well as the conference championship game, um, you could potentially finish the season 12-1 and before the postseason. That's unheard of. That's rare stuff. Look, USC, they found their recipe for success uh, this season early. Um, and for the most part, it's worked. They stuck to it. They, they haven't deviated. Discipline over default. You know, that was one of their uh, team mottos. And it, you know, it hasn't been perfect. Uh, but the, the, as I mentioned, the Trojans are now 10 and 1. And they have locked up a spot in the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. And they did that after defeating the UCLA Bruins 48-45 to at the Rose Bowl. The stadium was sold out. Both teams were wearing their home jerseys. It felt like a playoff game or a rock concert, especially at the end of the game. You know, when the Spirit of Troy was playing, Tusk, among other things. 
it was just it was a really fun night uh, to be a football fan. USC, UCLA, just a college football fan. Uh, Lincoln Riley also talked about that after the game. He says college football is alive and well on the West Coast, and it's and that's a good thing for the game. Um, so, you know, I said it had a, a rock concert atmosphere. If you remember, those of you who follow me and who have been watching the show religiously or read any of my content over there at wersc.com. Uh, I mentioned that th this season with Lincoln Riley as their head coach, it was going to be the revenge tour for USC. Following the game, Tuli Tuiapolotu, uh, he pretty much confirmed, he echoed those sentiments. In fact, uh, when he, he doesn't speak often, but when he speaks, people listen. And so, uh, he said, quote, this isn't just the start of the Lincoln-Riley era, but it's also the revenge tour for everyone that disrespected them last year. And he's talking about UCLA coming into the Coliseum, 62 to 33. And it's not just, you know, winning and a score. It's, it's signing autographs during the game. That should never, ever happen. I, I said it last week. I'll say it again. Take it to my grave. Uh, USC did what they do best on Saturday. They scored a lot of points and they created a lot of turnovers. And they followed that recipe uh, again to, to success against UCLA. I mean, it worked perfectly. Um, and it had to because USC didn't start perfectly on offense uh, to, to begin the game. We're going to talk about this game throughout the week. Um, Today is the just the first instant reactions kind of stuff, uh, as we always do every Monday. There's just not enough time in the show to, especially for this game. So I'm just going to keep on going here. Uh, as I mentioned, the disrespect that was shown to USC at the Coliseum. And you, you anticipate that in rivalry games, but UCLA took it to another level. One of the guys who disrespected USC the most uh, last year was DTR the Bruin quarterback, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, not just with his winning and not just with his dancing with his feet in the end zone. Uh, and he was doing that all game long. Um, but he was also signing autographs following scoring touchdowns. Um, that's the type of disrespect that Thule was referencing. So, you know, after last week's, and you would think that after last week's upset at home, the Bruins, uh, when they lost to Arizona at the Rose Bowl, uh, that a little humility would have, you know, maybe kicked in, right? Uh, well, instead, he immediately, and he wasn't the only one, Mo Osling is another player that comes to mind. Uh, they both immediately erupted with, to the, you know, started with the trash talk, uh, saying that they were, it was going to be fun to put up 60 points again against USC, uh, especially this time at home. Um, yeah, this is why coaches don't like players talking before the game. Because you got, you know, it's okay. if you're going to talk the talk, you got to walk the walk, right? We've all heard that. We've all we've all probably said that many times in our lives. Well, um, maybe DTR and the Teddy Bears, that's courtesy of Brett Nealon, um, maybe if they would have scored 60, uh, 
if DTR wasn't responsible for four turnovers. He threw three interceptions and he had a costly fumble. Uh, they led the points. Every one of them. Including uh, the one at the end of the game. With the Bruins driving to either tie or possibly, you know, go in for the winning, to take the lead. Um, and probably would have been a winning score. Um, with, with plenty of time on the clock. So, at, at this moment, you know, DTR, he already had two interceptions and a, and a fumble. Well, his third and final interception of the game, it was, they're all costly, but this one, it sealed the game. It was bad. Um, and there was, a, like I said, there was, they had time on the clock. So, but we're going to talk about that particular play in a little bit later in the show here. Look, Brett's, Brett Nealon's final message to the Bruins who talked before the game was this. You know, you could tell those teddy bears we beat them so they can say whatever they want, do whatever they want, but we run L.A., end quote. Brett came back this year for this game. He earned the right to say that on his way out the door. Especially, you know, he has endured a he was part of the 2017, uh, yeah, the 2017 uh, recruiting class. So he's been around, he's seen a lot. Um, he's seen a lot of assistant coaches go, particularly his position coach. Uh, he's had his head coach replaced during his time. As a player, you never want to wear that. You don't want to see your head coach replaced. It's the guy who recruited you. Um, but like DTR, he has to wear that loss. He has to wear, you know, the, the interceptions, uh, the talking before the game. And and to his credit, after the game, he wore it. He, he said, it's on me. So you give, you know, as much as you want to, as a Trojan fan, you want to rub a, Bruin, a Bruins fan's face in the dirt. You respect players who play with as much passion as, as DTR. And, um, after the game, he took the loss hard. I mean, he was crying. And I got no issue with that. Uh, so, speaking of crying, you know, and he might even have a tear in his eye. Uh, one of the last players to uh, to talk after the game Saturday, Kyle Ford and Corey Foreman together. Um, but Kyle Ford in particular said he was asked what this game means to him because he's been through a lot. You know, you think about his two ACL injuries. It means it means quite a lot, honestly, end quote. If you would have told me at the end of the last season, I'd be here now with this group of guys going and playing for a championship, I'd call you a dead liar. Just being completely honest. And I'm just so thankful for everyone on this team, end quote. So I have a, uh, a video on my camera. I was able to capture Kyle and Corey walking to the team bus through the tunnel after the game, after everything was said and done. And it was just a really touching moment. I'll see if I can get the up there on Twitter. It might be a private moment. I'm not sure yet. I'll decide. But it's uh it's just a really touching moment. Two friends, two teammates enjoying each other's moment on the way back to the team bus. So it was really cool. And as you know, as we head into Thanksgiving this week, uh, Trojan fans I think are pretty thankful. For this team, as Kyle is, or they better be, 
or they damn well better be. I mean, look, Trojan fans, if you're not happy right now, I don't know what will make you happy. Remember, they were four and eight last year. They're ten and one now. They've got Notre Dame coming up on this Saturday, and then the Pac-12 Conference Championship game, and who knows what's after that. So, it's safe to it's safe to say this has been a successful season, no matter what happens going forward. It's safe. <clears throat> Did you also know that over the holidays, property crimes like burglaries and packages thefts and package thefts spike nationally. That's why our friends at Simply Safe Home Security, well, they're offering 50% off their award-winning security system so that more families, like the Trojan family, can feel safe and secure this holiday season. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season. Why? Did you know that Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report? For a third year in a row? <clears throat> it's true. In, a, in an emergency, 24-7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect. It's trademark technology exclusively from Simply Safe to capture critical evidence and verify the threat is real so you can get priority police response. Simply Safe is a whole home security system with advanced sensors for every room, window, and door, high-definition security cameras for inside and out. Smarter ways to detect motion and alert you only when a threat is real, and even hazard sensors that detect fires, floods, and other threats to your home. All right, so don't miss out on your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com. This is their biggest discount of the year, so don't wait. That's simplysafe.com forward slash locked on college. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right. Again, thank you for making Locked On USC your first listen today. For your second listen, uh, go check out Locked On Sports today from Beyond the Games That Matter, the most to the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts. And insights only Locked On Sports can provide. Locked on Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcast. So last week I said, if USC does the following things, they'd win. Well, they did, and they did. They listened to me. I'm a smart guy, right? I'm also uh, very humble, modest. Not. Uh, but again, the, the Trojans, they, they did these few simple things. And they won. Number one, they scored more points. Hello. Um, I, I said everyone was going to should anticipate both teams um, having some big points, uh, big play. Excuse me, putting up some putting up some points. Uh, both teams did. Uh, and in this game, USC versus UCLA, whatever you th- hope might happen, just you can always hope in one hand and. Uh, Poop in the other? Yeah, you've heard you've heard the saying. Um, anyways, USC versus UCLA always goes off script. Um, you just never know what you're going to get. And in this game, I think everybody anticipated a lot of points. It looked a little iffy there at the very beginning with USC. Um, you know, they were down fourteen nothing to start the 
you know, at the end of the first quarter. And uh, man, you're thinking to myself, you're thinking to yourself, oh, wow, not again, right? Anyways, I also said that uh, if USC won the turnover uh, margin and they were able to convert those possessions into points, uh, they'd win. They did. Um, although, you know, Caleb, you know, he threw another interception. I guess they're coming in bunches now. That's two games in a row. He's got three on the year. So uh, that was his, that was USC's only turnover of the game. Uh, they were able to force four. And I, as I mentioned, uh, DTR had to wear all four of them, three picks and uh, and, a, and a fumble. Um, I said that that, that would be enough of a separation for USC uh, and their defense just to get the ball back to their offense to, to score enough points to win the game. Well, they did that. Um, and then, you know, here was the other thing. I said, everyone knows that USC's defense has been vulnerable against the run pretty much all year. They've done okay. It's gotten better. Um, but UCLA's strength was running the ball. And uh, Zach Charbonnet does that very well. And DTR, uh, when he sees an opening, he also can do that very well. Um, you know, I, I said, you know, they're going to get some yards, but you, it, you just got to limit them to the the extra, extra yards. Uh, not let them, especially with Zach, don't let them get yards after contact. Uh, well, USC passed that test with flying colors. Um, they held the USC defense held Zach Charbonnet to 95 net rushing yards. They had him. They 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 recorded 10 tackle 10 yards for tackle on a tackle for loss on Zach. He came into the game with only eight yards lost all season long. USC tacked on 10 in the in the one game, and they held him to no touchdowns. Huge. Um, the other thing, you know, I said was keep DTR from, you know, picking up yards with his feet. He was their second leading rusher. He had 81 yards. So they were, USC's defense wasn't great in this department, but they did enough. Uh, they were able to sack him. And again, they had that big sack fumble, uh, Tyrone Tulaney and then uh, Latrell McCutcheon picked up the fumble. And one play later, it led to uh, it led to points. It put USC up ten points. That was the separation they needed. And as you can see, the final score was forty-eight forty-five. USC had their own issues scoring points, especially on special teams. We're going to get into that more in the week as we uh, segue into Notre Dame as well. And you know what? They did all this on defense without Eric Gentry. He wasn't able to go. Um. He tried to give it a shot, but it, he just wasn't moving well enough. He was out there in uniform. just He would have been a detriment on the field. Uh, Caleb Williams and the wide receivers, they had an advantage, um, especially if Mario Williams was going to be available. He was out there. He had a big play, a big drop. Um, hopefully that was the rust. They got that off. Uh, Jordan Addison was back, and boy, howdy was he. Leading receiver, 111 reception, 178 yards, one touchdown on a beautifully conceived play 
they line them up in the in the uh, in the backfield. And Jordan described this game, the play after the game, how they said, you know, it's it's how you line up. You got to hunch down. You got to hide your number. Basically, he leaked out and ran a ran a deep wheel route, and he was behind the uh, the linebacker who I, who I guess was in coverage on him, and it was just a perfectly thrown ball for a touchdown. Caleb was magnificent. I mean, he was making throws that just were jaw dropping. Oh, and by the way, another career high, four hundred seventy yards against the Bruins. That clinched the uh, Trojans' birth in the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. Not a bad day. It was a Heisman moment for Caleb. He's one step closer to getting that uh, invite to New York. Have another game like that against Notre Dame, and he'll be in New York. I guarantee that. I promise that. If he's not, I'm quitting the show. How's that? So um, another thing that was great to see, Austin Jones, Rayleigh Brown, Darwin Barlow, the running backs, stepped up big time in the absence of Travis Dye. Austin, after the game, mentioned how he had 26 written on both wristbands to remind himself to play like Travis would have played. Didn't want to let him down. Uh they do all that, and I said the USC would win by a couple scores. And it wasn't, like I mentioned, I wasn't a huge fan of them getting down 14 to nothing to start the game. Maybe had they started, you know, they started a little bit better on offense. They win by double digits, and they're not holding on at the end, so to speak. But you know what? When you get to the red zone three times and get no points, or you come away with just a field goal, that's not going to get it done on the road against good teams. And I, I, I'm pretty sure they don't want to do that against Notre Dame coming up uh, this week, uh, especially with the Pac-12 Conference Championship game right around the corner in Vegas after that. But comeback wins uh, are what good teams do. What USC is showing right now is they're a playoff-worthy team. and. You know, USC right now, they're playing for a lot more than just the Rose Bowl berth. And in the end, that'll be okay, too. You know, I, I, I said that would kind of be a consolation prize. And every every game that USC wins, USC fans, I think you have to change the calculus. You have to change your mindset. I understand. Yeah, but we're going to get the number four spot. And we're going to have to play Georgia. We're going to get our butts kicked. And we don't want to end the season that way. B.S. Anyone, any place, any time. That's how you look at it. Even if you do lose, you know what it takes. You learn what it takes to beat Georgia, who is considered the best team, the best program in college football right now. So what? Yeah, you want to win, but it's okay to lose when you're playing for a championship. I don't know. I I, I can't wrap my head or I can't wrap my mind around the, that the thought of I'd rather play in the Rose Bowl and win than playing the playoffs and, and possibly lose. I just, I can't get there. I understand it. I can't get there. Don't ask me to. I won't go there. <laughs> so again, the landscape's changed, uh, Trojan fans. It's no longer the Rose Bowl or the BCS. It's the playoffs. And in 2024, when USC is part of the Big Ten and the playoffs are expected to expand to 12 teams, 
you're going to have to kind of have to get on board with it. Um, I want to talk about this week's Nissan thrilling moment in college football. It's brought to you by Nissan. The thrilling designs behind the new lineup for Nissan are intended to empower drivers in vehicles as capable as the driver themselves. When I think of unbelievable abilities on the field for this week's thrilling moment, it has to be, yes, Trojan fans, you are right. It's Corey Foreman's game-clinching interception near midfield that preserved the Trojans' 48-45 to victory over the Bruins. And it sealed USC's fate and put them into the Pac-12 Conference Championship game. The dramatic pause is there because last year, after they were 4-7, and seven, they had to go play Cal one more game. They finished the season 4-8. and eight. USC is now 10-1. and one. Look, USC had a chance to go up by 10 points or at least kick a field goal late in the game. Uh, unfortunately, Caleb Williams, uh, he took a sack. Offense gave up a sack. And for the first time all game, USC was forced to punt. Uh, a little over just under two minutes, I think, on the clock off the top of my head. So UCLA had the ball to start deep in their own territory. and But USC was only leading by three. And uh, all of a sudden, UCLA starting to move the ball down the field. A couple of passes here, incompletion there. But now they're near midfield, and I think it was a third down play. Um, Shane Lee, Trojan captain, came over and, and told Corey, hey, Make sure you're in the right spot. He had him lined up correctly. Bryson Shaw, quote, he made the same play early in the week in practice. So he came up to, you know, I came up to him and said, all right, all right. I've got to, I got to get you in the game now. Foreman said, I got you. I got you. Well, Corey Foreman, right place, right time. DTR wasn't expecting Corey to drop into coverage. He read the play perfectly. DTR threw the completion to Corey. Corey basically bear hugged the ball, fell to the ground. The team mobbed him. Game over. But Foreman's interception was the biggest play of the game, bar none, period. And not just because of what it meant to the Trojans, but because of what it, what this could possibly do for, for the young man's confidence. Um, Lincoln Riley said, Quote, you just never know when it's going to be your moment, and he was ready. No one on this team has been critiqued more harder than Corey Foreman. So it, for me, personally, it was really fun to see the young man, you know, get some love from his teammates as well as from the fans. The interception, it's going to go down in Trojan lore regardless of whatever happens in the future for Corey. And the Trojan fan sections, they erupted. The team rushed the field. The spirit of Troy was playing fight on. Uh, it was just a wonderful, wonderful moment for Trojan fans. And it, it it was your Nissan thrilling moment of the game. And it might be for the season, but you've still got the Notre Dame coming up. So this segment has been inspired by the thrilling new designs featured across Nissan's new line of vehicles. Produce what thrills you in the all-new Frontier, Armada, or Pathfinder today. Available now at NissanUSA.com.
of all the places USC could have possibly received help over the weekend, they didn't. The new AP Top 25 poll came out. So instead of getting help from TCU, excuse me, instead of getting help from Baylor beating TCU, uh, Lincoln Riley's brother, who is the offensive coordinator at TCU, dialed up an offensive series, got the team in position. They kicked a game-winning field goal, beat Baylor at the last second. Okay? TCU is still undefeated. They're a really good team. Good teams win in the end and know how to win. USC could have gotten some help from Illinois. You know, Illinois, they beat the UCLA Bruin basketball team the night before in Las Vegas. They had Michigan down late in the game. Michigan came back, won the game with 19 to 17. So instead, USC could have, you know, moved up in the in the rankings, especially in the CFP poll that will be coming out on Tuesday. They got some help instead from little USC. That's right. The University of South Carolina whacked Tennessee. I mean, they just knocked them into another. They knocked them back to Knoxville from uh, Columbia, South Carolina. That's how that's how bad they beat them. Um, so, because of that outcome, USC is now the number five team in the AP poll. They jumped LSU. Um, USC could possibly climb even higher still. Follow along. Next week, so USC right now is number five in the AP poll. Let me go over the the, the new AP poll, and then I'll come back to that. Georgia, 11-0, number one. Ohio State, two. Michigan, three. TCU, four. USC, five. LSU, six. Clemson, seven. Alabama, eight. Tennessee, nine. Oregon, number 10. <clears throat> Notre Dame jumps up to number 13 with their 44-0 win over Boston College. Utah, number 14. Oh, by the way, Washington is 12. UCLA drops down to 17. Oregon State jumps up to 22. These are the teams that are relevant to USC. All right. So this coming weekend, we know USC hosts Notre Dame. Okay. We don't know what their CFP ranking is. We know it's going to be number five versus number 13 in the AP poll. Two highly ranked teams. National attention. Meanwhile, Ohio State and Michigan play. This game is going to, I believe it's in Columbus, Ohio. Whoever loses, they're going to drop. They're going to drop out of the top four. What's going to happen? If Michigan right now looks like they might be without their star running back, Blake Quorum. Ohio State's battling injuries to their running back group. It'll be interesting to see how the committee uh, plays this out. Number four, TCU. They're going to host Iowa State. And then probably they're going to play Kansas State in their conference championship game if they get by Iowa State. Actually, they're going to play Kansas State unless Kansas State loses. TCU secured their spot. Um, LSU has a bye against Texas A&M. Man, are the Aggies bad this year. I'm surprised Jimbo Fisher has not been fired yet. Um, nevertheless, LSU has a bye before they get whacked the following week against Georgia in the SEC championship game. As I mentioned, SC hosts Notre Dame, and then they're going to travel to Vegas regardless, and they're going to play the winner of 
the Oregon Oregon State game this weekend, or if Oregon State wins, I think Washington gets the tiebreaker. I don't know. Uh, Washington Washington State plays in the Apple Cup. You've got the uh, formerly known Civil War game between Oregon and Oregon State. Look, a lot of things can break the Trojans' way this coming weekend, and USC might be higher than number four when all things are said and done. So they could avoid that first-round playoff appearance against Georgia, assuming Georgia wins, right? So there it is, folks. It was a great weekend. Thanksgiving is coming up this Thursday. Lockdown USC will be with you throughout the week, breaking down more of the USC-UCLA game, looking forward to the USC-Notre Dame rivalry game. There's a lot to talk about. It's a great time of year. I hope everybody's thankful. I hope everybody's enjoying Locked On USC. And until our next episode, everyone, you know what to do.